Hey, welcome everybody to Who is Sky Daddy, the channel where we are on the hunt for truth of all types, uh, whether that be how the universe started, if God's real, whatever you can think of. Um, today, we're going to be having a discussion about free will with my friend Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, happy to be here. For sure. Appreciate you coming on. Um couple of housekeeping things before we get going here. So I have been slacking a little bit through the holidays to get these videos converted to podcast format, but there will be more uploaded today. So if you would prefer, just listen to the audio and not watch me play with my beard. Or, uh, you know, I kind of got a weird bionic eye going on today. It's really red. Anyway, the point is, if you would prefer... Audio only. It should be out there on all the podcasting formats. Um, other than that, anyone and everyone is welcome to join the Discord to join up on these conversations. Um, Discord is Who Is Sky Daddy. That goes for everything. You can find me on TikTok or email, all of it with the same handle. And without further ado, Zach, if you wouldn't mind just starting by kind of giving your religious background and the beliefs you've come to now? Yeah, um, so I uh, have lived in Utah for as long as I can remember. I moved here when I was about three. I was originally raised Mormon. Um, although, to be quite frank, I, I could not tell you anything about it. Nothing really stuck with me. Uh, and then when I was like 12 or 13, my parents left the church, and I just kind of never... I kind of followed suit. Uh, and then since then, I found I have not actually been that spiritual of a person. That's not a thing that I really deal with on a sure. daily basis. That's not something I concern myself a lot with. Yeah. So mm -hmm. would you kind of consider yourself like, as far as the God claim itself goes, would you say you're just kind of agnostic, don't really care? Like, it's just not something you think about you know i think there's like there's no harm in thinking that an afterlife could exist sure. and like it'd be kind of it, it'd be fun to know that when you die someone comes and gives you like your stats of life tells you everything <laughs> and it's like oh here was here's actually what was going on this is what you were missing blah 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 blah. but i don't really subscribe to a singular one i don't really i'm a, I'm, I'm good to just leave it at that and then just see what happens i'm just yeah. here for the ride for sure. Um, as far as like titles or anything go, like you wouldn't you wouldn't actually call yourself like an atheist or an agnostic or you're just you're no, just a person. I'm not, not going to say that it's I'm not going to say it's not there, but I'm not going to say it is there. I'm just going to leave it at whatever it is. It, it could or could not be. And well, I, don't, I don't think I've really done enough research into finding out what a specific label of that would be considered. OK uh just just for a brief little intro to the word um agnostic basically is like people who claim that we can't know anything about if a god's real or what's out there so 
as far as our knowledge goes, like kind of like you said, we're just here living and we can't really access that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said something along the lines of that. Cool. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into free will then. And Lovely. I do want to start just by clarifying. There's actually kind of two usages of of the word free will. Um, I, I saw this and I was like, depending on which one you use, really can confirm or deny your theory just based on the wording of it. Right. So we could just get semantic and both of us could be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. So kind of how I see it is like day to day, the, the co colloquial use of the word, just like us people talking about our choices and stuff. Um, honestly, I think that that makes sense to call that real. Like we have this perception of making decisions. Um, but then, so the, the deeper like philosophical religious meaning of free will um, it's kind of like we're this free agent who can make any choice we want, regardless of um, our experiences or outside forces. Um, okay, so where where about did you lose me there? Um, the very beginning of your definition there. Okay, so so I was saying like free will in the co colloquial sense of us just using it like in day to day interactions. And, like, even the perception of making decisions, I think I would say is, like, a real thing. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's a deeper, like, philosophical and religious definition of it in which um, it's kind of, like, seems like you can freely choose anything at any time, no matter your outside forces, the outside forces, no matter the circumstance, basically. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I would say I would say yes. Yes, you do. You do have the ability to make any choice at any time. So, so you're so you're a believer in like foundational free will, like like there is some sort of agent within us that no matter the circumstance, like our choices come from that agent, I guess. Yeah, like I think I think regardless of where your like your choices might be limited or they might be like but at the end of the day you'll always have choices and you do have the agency to choose any of those that you you do have the ability to choose any of those okay and i think that's probably where we would disagree um because like like yes you have an ability to choose but I I believe I'm pretty deterministic. Um, so for those who don't know what that means, it's just everything is basically cause and effect in our universe and has led us to where we are now. And basically, I can't choose different than what my brain has already... Like, the, the muscle of my brain has already made these connections, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, okay, so I was going to ask you, do you think animals have free will like us? I mean, in, I think when it comes to, like, philosophical topics, you do have to take into consideration what you're applying it to. 
So I think the way that we would define free will for humans and the way that we would define free will for certain animals, I don't think that you can just put a human concept onto animals and say either yes or no, because hmm. the way in which they work is different. The way in which they do things is different, even I, from just like a biological sense. So I don't think that you can trade one for the other without taking into consideration like, oh, my dog is going to react to different stimuli in the world. They're going, they're like, ingrained to function differently so therefore they might have a version of free will but i'm not sure it would look exactly the same as ours hmm. okay yeah that's interesting mm -hmm. um so just maybe to gauge you a little i i imagine you are the type that um conforms i guess to like scientific consensus and so what i'm getting at is like mm -hmm. do you accept the theory of evolution and all that yeah yeah i i definitely take most of my like daily stance from a like factual or scientific place okay but i don't think that those are things that have to or do kind of counteract philosophical things like yeah the two can exist at the same time and not be in contradiction with one another okay um the the reason i bring it up is just because um you kind of made this distinction between us us and animals and you know i think i agree with maybe like dogs and cats and stuff but when you look at um for instance gorillas bonobos chimpanzees um their behavior is actually very very alike to humans you know we're all these apes <laughs> that go like chimpanzees even go to war with tribes and stuff like humans would mm -hmm. yeah and so uh, and i think it, it just you take into consideration what animal or what entity you're dealing with and then you kind of okay. have to approach them all on a kind of a more individual basis like some might have more like the animals that more relate to us might fit closer into our definition of free will okay. so it makes a little bit more sense for like monkeys because they do work very similar to us okay yeah that you know i think that's fair to say i actually kind of like that like uh, to take an ideology or whatever we're discussing and apply it to different entities differently because because we're different entities like that that actually makes sense to me yeah i mean it's the same concept as, it's the like same reasoning behind what like the concept was developed through human eyes and through human experience that's not going to be the same experience that every other animal has it's going to be different sure. yeah. for all of them no that's a great point um i i would ask so do you think it's i guess what i'm getting at is do you think that there's a soul and that's what's the free agent or do you think it's mechanistic still i i lean more towards it's more of a like by like the like I'd say in the, the similar vein to consciousness, I don't think consciousness is something that's like given to us by a higher power. It's something that, yeah, we don't understand, but it is created within the like inner workings of the brain. That somehow yeah. is what generates like consciousness. So I tend to lean more towards like, there's a scientific reasoning that we might just not get. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm with you there on consciousness as well. It's like kind of just an emergent property of, a brain that's developed this much you know yeah um cool okay so mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, but, but while we're speaking on the animals, I was going to bring something up. Um, I was in a uh, like biology class in college at some point in time uh, where we were talking about um, kind of historical study of like neurons in animals. And one that I brought, uh, one that they brought up that I think is interesting in the concept of free will was these like worms. They're called like C. elegans is the name of them. They're one of they're the first organism that we like had mapped the entire neuron system to. They have like 302 of them. We got to the point where we knew where all of them were and what all of them were responsible for. And so then they were like, okay, how closely can we predict this worm's behavior knowing every single thing that's going on inside? And while they were pretty good at predicting, what they do is they'd have like a couple different scents in a like uh, kind of space and then the worms would pick up on those scents and then go to one or the other. And they were trying to predict based on the neurons, which one will they go to? Okay. And most of the time they would accurately, accurately predict which one the worm would go to. But every once in a while, one would give them the signals that would lead them to think that they're going to one scent. And then they would just go to a different one. And mm. they, they had no explanation for that. I just think that's a funny little antidote on like a very, very small scale kind of example of what I would see free will as being is okay. the neurons said they were going to do one thing. The actual behavior was another. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, it, and it actually kind of leads into what I wanted to bring up next anyway. Um, but first of all, so it sounded like, though, uh, I don't know, maybe you don't remember the percentage and and whatnot, but it sounded like that they were actually pretty accurate a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I... It is weird that they, you would think if it was truly deterministic, I guess, they might be able to predict it every single time. But to me... Exactly. It, it's that it's that weird small percentage of times where the model doesn't add up that I think is the most interesting. It's interesting, but it, to me, it's still, it's like the outlier, it sounds like. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it reminds me of, have you ever heard of Sam Harris? I uh, have not. So he uh, does neuroscience research stuff and also philosophy, but um, he I don't have any sources or anything on this. I was just listening to him on a podcast. So that, uh, that works. That's a direct source as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he's a PhD, supposedly. I don't know. Maybe he got it certified online. Um, but he was talking about how a very similar test to the worm one that you were just talking about, but... Um, did it with people and like and neuro scans of the brain and um mm. they couldn't it, they weren't predicting the person's behavior um but what was happening is they could see before the person knew their answer like so they would ask him a question right before the person mm -hmm. even knew the answer they saw the brain activity um Mm -hmm. I don't I don't remember exactly how to describe it, but they like knew before the person knew. Mm -hmm. It was weird. Like certain parts of the brain would light up that they said, when this happens, we think they're gonna say this. Yeah. And then they do. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah. I mean yeah, that makes sense. You're gonna respond to a stimuli, it's gonna be processed through the brain, and then that brain's gonna generate your output. Yeah. I mean even but at as even far as like how free will falls into that i like 
I, I'm not sure, like, being able to say what you think people are going to do is a counteraction to free will. Okay. Yeah, and like, I, the, I... I still believe that the person who's giving that response can go with, like, they can go with any response, but they just happen to agree that the question that they asked prompted that specific response. Okay. I, honestly, as I was talking through it, too, I even was like, you know... This probably could still work the same way, whether free will existed or not. Um, mm -hmm. But I will say one of the biggest evidences for me, uh, as far as believing um, determination or determinism, um, is so I used to actually do behavioral therapy for autistic kids. Uh, for about mm -hmm. a year or so and behavior therapy is one of those things where you get to like watch and actively participate in shaping the muscle of someone's brain and their neurons mm -hmm. their neural pathways because um, I'm sure you know no enough about like the neural pathways that you know when you have mm -hmm. a habit it's like a thicker root of neurons yeah the the more that that one pattern gets expressed the more the stronger it's going to become and the more likely it is to be repeated yeah exactly mm -hmm. and so yeah like behavioral modification and therapy is basically you know rewarding the brain with a very like um uh like a, a reward that they really want you know what it mm -hmm. And it takes a while, but it really it really causes people to behave differently because of that mm -hmm. brain shaping. Yeah. But I think, I mean, that is just kind of how humans work in general. Like, that's, that's how everybody functions. That's how everyone learns. And so I think, at least when it comes to kind of free will... I think that the concept of it kind of transcends that aspect of human behavior, because if it's something that everyone does, I think it's just something that has to exist. And the, the question of free will is whether or not you can like go against those like really ingrained pathways, whether you can go against like what, uh, what every experience you've had is telling you to do. And I okay. think that that is a possibility. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I, and I I would say it's a possibility as well, but I would I would almost attribute it attribute it to randomness and chaos, not necessarily a free agent, but just you know, the probabilities were there, the whatever situation happened to just cause you to mm -hmm. go against it for some reason. Yeah, but I think that that could not always the chaos uh, of like your environment that could be the chaos within yourself that pushes you to do that but i still think at the end of the day if it when it comes down to choice a or choice b you might be less likely to choose one because of your prior prior experiences but that doesn't make it impossible to still make that choice um okay i have you ever heard of compatibilism actually uh i i think i read about that somewhere but let me what's the what was your definition over of it again i'm gonna actually pull it up on screen here because i don't know a, the best definition for it 
Compact. I can't spell. <coughs> All right. So, okay, it kind of calls it soft determinism. Um, is the position or the view that causal determinism is true, but we still act as free, moral, morally responsible agents when in the absence of external constraints? Or are... So it's basically a combination of free will and determinism. Determinism. Saying the they both can exist. The point that I think is interesting there is that it says that it that like people stick to a morality like centered decision making process and i'm not sure i would agree with that are you a moral relativist basically like there's everyone kind of like, just yeah, has... just because well i think that there is like shared uh, morality but i do think that there's a, like a bunch of experiences in which uh, people know that doing some they're doing something that is not really agreed on upon society, but they overlook that and still continue to anyways. Mm. And so I don't, I don't know how much I would take like human set values and ideals as a part of free will. Okay. I think that's putting a like human aspect onto something because we don't want people to do certain things, but they're, they still end up doing. It. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so just just so you kind of get maybe a deeper idea of where I'm coming from, um, yeah. I think compatibilism is the furthest I would ever go towards believing in free will. Basically, mm -hmm. still, I would think everything leading up to now affects everyone's decisions. But maybe, like you were saying, you could overcome the neuro uh, networks or something like that um but mm -hmm. so that's like the farthest i could go but i'm actually like a lot stronger of a determinist than that basically how i see it is like we're we're similar to even just how a rock might fall down a mountain like hmm. it didn't choose to do that and the wind around it with erosion and water erosion didn't choose to erode it right things just kept happening until finally the dirt gave way and the rock fell down. Like that's how hard uh, I I see it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd go as far to say that. I think that there is some form of like agency and kind of taking other like taking outside and internal factors into making a decision of which the rock falling down the hill doesn't do. Yeah. Well, and obviously we're way more complex than the rock. Uh Mm -hmm. It's not a perfect analogy, but yeah, because I agree, we still have internal workings and our, our neural networks, but they mm -hmm. just, ever since we were babies, those neural networks began forming, not really out of our own free will. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, but I'd say, like, as you go through life and as you kind of experience the things you do the choices you make are what creates that prior experience that shapes the way but like as you do and go and do things that's what creates the determinism effect of always having like prior experiences is you had to start somewhere yeah you had to like take in a stimulus you had to learn something yeah and like well you'll and... inevitably make a decision based off of that I don't think it's just going to be completely random from the beginning. Like there are points and times where you take things into consideration 
take in your prior experiences and you do something. Right. And, and that... that will then change how you go about seeing it. But at, at each injunction, you are exercising free will of taking in your prior considerations and then making a decision based on mm. that. That's, so that's interesting because I actually agree with all of what you're saying besides, I guess, the conclusion of free will. Because, yeah, I agree, like, 100%. We take in our previous stimuli, our experience, like, not consciously, obviously. Most of the stuff that happens mm -hmm. is very subconscious. Um, but, yeah, we to me, that shows, like, we're building, we're constantly just building off of foundations of the past with every decision mm -hmm. we make. Yeah, but I don't think, like, I think free will is something that is constantly and continually exercised by people. And the, the by exercising it, you then create a different pattern of behavior that you're going to then carry on with you into the future. Okay. Um, so do you think, though, that they, um, I don't know, something as simple as, like, your favorite color um, do you think that it could have been changed simply by just being raised in a different state or something like minuscule like that leading to your brain actually choosing a different route about something? I mean, I don't, I, I don't see how that's not like, just because you were raised in a certain thing, like that, that's how everyone's going to, you have to have gotten an original stimuli in order to come to that agreement because there's people who are raised around a color all their lives and say oh my god this is my favorite color and then there's people who are like oh i can't stand that color i was around it all the time right. they've taken a stance on the same like general input a color that they were around all the time and have come to different points at it and that will then influence how they make future things and then that like but that's the point at which you see people choosing different things having received received the same kind of general input is okay do you so do you think if we rewound the clock to 24 hours ago yesterday do you think every single thing would play out the exact same way or would we all then with a new fresh day start taking different paths I think I think it depends on the person, but I do think there would be some people that would do almost the exact same thing, some people who do the exact same thing, and some people who do different variations. Okay, and obviously that's nothing we could test, but I I think no, it's a but... fun thought experiment to just think about because mm -hmm. how I would see it is definitely like a VHS tape, like you rewind it and then you play it and everything happens the same, and and. It's, it would happen in nature at the very least. Um, if you're putting something maybe a little special on humans, that might be different. But I think the mm -hmm. ocean waves would move the same. You know, the clouds would be the same places, all of that. Yeah, I think humans have enough impact on the world that I don't, I don't know if that would be true. Like, I, mm. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that, like, a plane would fly at a slightly different angle. Or, like... Uh, something would happen that would change the like change the way the waves move oh. it might be very similar it might be almost identical but i don't i wouldn't say for sure that it's going to be a hundred percent the same if you repeat it i well, think that there will be small subtle variations that you can kind of find all over the place 
Yeah, and that's fair to if if I were to say that humans are making a difference anyway, then I agree. Yeah, the smallest thing could change the 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 clouds or whatever it may be. Um mm-hmm. so what do you have any sort of inkling about what what gives humans this extra this extra thing that we don't see really anywhere else? Um, you know, I, I have to say that it's probably somewhat tied to the like human experience of consciousness. I think that we've kind of created a, like, like the reason we're wondering if we have free will is because we, there's an inkling that we kind of, that we don't know how to explain it. But I think we took an experience that humanity shared and are trying to like find a definition of it. Hmm. Okay. But as far as like um when it comes to like it, it being exclusively to humans I I think that's because it's a concept that we try to explain for ourselves and then as humans do kind of to attribute it to other things. Okay. Um <clears throat> well is there is there any more you have to say specifically about kind of what we've been focusing on? Um <sighs> No, I think that's coming to mind at least. Okay, yeah. Um, there's this this thought experiment I really like doing. I I think it's fun and interesting. I, everyone I've done it to so far, I don't think thinks it's as cool as I do. But who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe you will. Um, okay, and, let's do it. And just like, regardless of free will or determinant, whoever's right or wrong or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. um. So basically, I'm just going to ask you a question and Mm -hmm. just respond naturally, you know, like, don't make it weird and trip on it. Just like respond like you would, (laughs) but, but best as you can. And Jonathan, if you're listening, you should, you should try this out too. Um, Just when I ask the question as best as you can, try to observe the mechanics of your thoughts and like where they're coming from, like how it feels like, you know what I mean? Just try to almost be an observer while the thought arises in your head. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll ask ready. What's your favorite color? Purple. Purple. So, and it's kind of hard to do, I'll admit. I, it's it's a weird thing to like putting yourself in a, as an observer to your own brain. Mm-hmm. But w- did you find any success? What do you think? See, that one just comes naturally because we were just talking about it. So it just popped in. Like, did you did you notice the way it popped in? Nope. It just the color purple. Okay, let's let's try a different one. Um, who's your favorite mu- musician? Ooh. You know, I think we're gonna have to go with Beyonce, but the other contenders that I was weighing were like Lady Gaga, um, Muse was also an option. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna go with Beyonce. I I thought you might say that. To be honest, I pre- yeah. I predicted it. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I don't know if you like were able to really focus on the observation part or not, because it, mm -hmm. it is kind of hard. But because to me, mm -hmm. when I do it and I really try and just observe my thoughts, they kind of it's like you just have this memory bank of things mm -hmm. almost and like it just arises out of the back of your head. See, this one I went like the thought process is more okay who do I find myself like listening to the most who do I find myself being the most excited about like which like what what music like what do I like get in a good mood to like I'm like oh I'm gonna go listen to this that's kind of the thought process that brought me to who do I do that the most with hmm. yeah yeah and because even when I when I asked it, like my brain naturally started like saying, Oh, who would I answer? You know, like while I was waiting mm -hmm. and I had like a few different bands too, because that's a hard one really for most people. Most people don't just have like one set. It's not <laughs> one person. Right. But like for, for my experience, at least when I was watching my thoughts work, it was like, I was just pulling out of like a filing cabinet, almost like just this memory bank of things and mm -hmm. then but then but then how did you filter through that memory bank to come to a conclusion so i actually didn't come to a conclusion so there's <laughs> that <laughs> that's a hard mm -hmm. one for me i don't think i could actually ever put a number one on some well i guess i maybe I, the other thing is is it subject to change true like I, don't, like I think it depends on when you ask me that answer might not always be the same okay um but as of now it would be beyonce Hmm. Well, what what did you think of this that thought experiment in general? I like those. Those are those are always fun. Like, well, how'd you get to, from A to B to C? Yeah, it's it's really cool. Just like observing your own thoughts, it's something that not a lot of us do because it's very hard. Like, you know, most of us are kind of ADD a little bit, and like can't mm -hmm. can't truly like take our own thoughts away from observing the thoughts. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah, I've done years of therapy to figure out how to do that. <laughs> it's a project sometimes. Well, to be honest, um, this, I mean, if you ever, it's hard to remember and think about, but if you're, if you ever think about this, practicing this actually um, really helps with, uh, what do you call it? Like mindfulness and kind of like mm -hmm. grounding and stuff to take yourself like almost remove yourself away from your own thoughts and you're just a third party watching. It's so nuts what our brains do. Like they just go like, at least mine, I, I don't know about anyone else's, but like thoughts will just be zinging all over the place coming out of nowhere. Mm. Yep. Just, they just generate out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But yeah, I honestly, I would recommend if you like, ever think of this in your day-to-day -day life it really does help train your brain to kind of like just watch it mm -hmm. and you'll always be surprised what you learn when you just kind of like let yourself sit there and let things come up like there is mm -hmm. there is a pattern and kind of a kind of a method to that madness most of the time i find yeah for sure um okay so Typically, um, I like my guests to challenge me with a tough question because I like to be challenged. Um, 
it could be about anything, whether it's the determinism that something we haven't already mentioned, or even because I'm an atheist. Um, so even if it has to do with that, um, just anything you could think of that might challenge me. Um. Oh, I should have. I, I should have thought of this. Um. I guess I better ask. Uh, if let's say determinism or yeah, determinism is true, what is the driving force that creates the like determined path that you will take? Um, like what's the what's the driving force that says this is what they're gonna do? This like what is it that then determines what we do? Okay, so <clears throat> there's a couple couple ways to look at it i guess because ultimately as far as we've observed at least like who i can only speak to what we have come the knowledge humans have come to thus far um because mm -hmm. again who knows what's beyond our observation um but basically the force is the big bang it all started there everything mm -hmm. everything starts expanding right and so it's not like there's some force that's like guiding it. This just happened. And now the pieces are falling into place. Like, like if you were to just like hit a puzzle off of the table or something, like all the pieces would just go land where they land. Um. So there's, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know that answers what you were getting at. I mean, like, the problem is, is the is I think that there is something distinct about humans that isn't the like on the examples of like the puzzle and the rock is I could tell you what forces are causing the puzzle to fall to the ground the the like ground under the rock to erode, okay. but like that doesn't explain what the forces that sure yeah people to make the decisions like I I get if, the... if their de decisions are determined and like already pre programmed what is it that makes a decision over another yeah okay that that clarifies a little bit better the question for me it's like more specific to actual humans um basically i think the driving force is life and evolution um so however life started which you know there's some theories on like abiogenesis and whatnot but mm -hmm. the driving force is evolution and life. Like in every life form we observe, there is a strive to survive and then reproduce to make sure your species survives. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that would be the drive. And then everything that happens along the way shapes the DNA that is then passed along to the next generation. Then their DNA, you know, mm -hmm. forms a brain and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess that does make sense. It, it, from like a purely kind of biological stance. But yeah, I still I still think tied in with us having a like individual consciousness that there is there is kind of something else there. Like there is a, another filter that things go through before a final decision is made. Sure. And I mean I I get it too. Like I like I said, I could I could find myself mm -hmm. going toward compatibilism where 
basically I still believe in determinism, but yeah, kind of like what you're getting at. There's some you call it a filter. I like, like I like that yeah, word. Yeah, there's like a determinalism presents you kind of your options but then there's still kind of something a, a like last check and balance that says okay i have a b and c i'm gonna go with b the active the act of choosing one over the other is i think kind of the point at which free will intervenes in that process okay here's the real kicker for it though because then if if you don't believe it's like a soul or an outside agent outside force that is influencing the free will then whatever mm -hmm. that mechanism is, whatever filter that, um, you know, I'm sure resides in our brain, whatever that filter is mm -hmm. still arose from evolution. And without... That is a, that is a good point. <laughs> that is yeah. a really good point. <laughs> so it's like, I yeah, mean, we didn't yeah. choose to, like, say we want to have free will, so we're going to, like, evolve this way or whatever. I mean, but I, I could also see us having done, like, just because we're stuck with it doesn't mean it, does, it doesn't exist. Like, we could have developed that. Like, the, the ability, that executive function that allows us to make decisions, it could very well be a biological thing that now we're just trying, but, like, we don't understand. Like, when it comes down to it, you can't really say we know exactly what causes people to make decisions. And I think that's where the free will kind of philosophy came in is, this is what we think the human experience of making a condition is called. And this is how we think it works. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like there's definitely a element of randomness. Well, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not necessarily randomness, but chaos, I guess. Like, um, yeah. but I will say like, even out in space in the universe, like physicists still take into account randomness even for natural forces in the universe, just kind of... I Exactly. Like, randomness exists literally everywhere in, like, the, like, kind of the purest examples of nature. Like, the Big Bang was completely random. And I think that that randomness is, like, kind of thrown into everything that humans do. Well, that that's kind of a cool spot to kind of come land together on, I think, is maybe... Maybe the randomness about nature in the universe is what led to this mechanism of free will or, or mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, the illusion of free will. But regard... yeah, the, the, there's just there's a special something that when things don't go exactly as you would think they would, you're like, why did that happen? And yeah. uh, like, it could just be a randomness of the way the neurons fired in that person. It could be a randomness of like, something going on but that randomness led to that decision and i think that people can kind of within ourselves we are like the randomness that's happening within ourselves is kind of something that i feel like we could take a, like take credit for hmm. so that actually kind of leads me to another interesting thing to think about um mm -hmm. which is the basically the justice system and how in a society we are punishing people locking them away and right because mm -hmm. obviously this is an important question to how we should punish people if free will is truly a thing and like they're constantly choosing to act evil then we can mm -hmm. punish them for for behaving that way um mm -hmm. 
it's a little bit more difficult to think about if you're a strict determinist because then it's like yeah they're making these decisions but it's not necessarily their fault um and not to say like we have to put people in jail to remove them from society like that in my opinion is mm-hmm. the biggest reason we lock people up not like some vengeance um yeah yeah no yeah it's just so that we don't have to deal with that essentially yeah, them continuing <laughs> but, to do that mm-hmm. i mean i th- i think like the the concept of free will does like transcend any human society kind of value and therefore it's going to transcend the justice system like you're gonna have people who don't want to fit to societal norms and i think that that does need to be removed from the conversation of free will because just because we say that people shouldn't do that 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 isn't going to change their individual like free will and ability to do that anyways but i do think it's interesting that yeah it does kind of require free will to be a thing in order to say you have the ability to not do this right and i do think by far and large that is true and if if you can i think it would be a better world if we could try our best to rehabilitate people you know especially like non-serial killers non-like super violent Mm -hmm. people right yeah but i also think that in for the existence of change free will has to be an option if you're if you're saying that people are determined to do what they're going to do in order for that to change there has to be some form of force that's allowing that to happen well yeah there there is an outside force and this goes back to the behavioral therapy the force Mm -hmm. is the humans around that person taking them to rehab or um talking to them in a therapy uh, behavioral therapy session that that is the force that is causing that brain to become rehabilitated um yeah but i also think there's examples of where you try to impose kind of a behavioral therapy or like behavioral change and it the person if the person isn't willing to it's not going to happen like if they're not willing to kind of accept that and take that in it's not going to happen and i think that's kind of free will stepping in and saying they're not willing to do this and that's why the change isn't happening is it free will presence of the external is it free will stepping in free will i think that's the like person's individual free will stepping in saying i i'm not going to do this well then they have the ability to block out everything that's being said choose not to do it and that's why things aren't changing but But then they can decide they want to do that and then that things will start changing but it's the decision to kind of follow in and kind of stick with it versus kind of i think it. that decision though to like not be a willing participant in in therapy or whatever still could also be um could stem from just neural networks that are super stubborn right and that's just how mm-hmm. this person brain brain is they're stubborn cool. they don't they don't think they need help right um mm-hmm. so it, it but there, there will come. There can come a point where that can change, and I think that that can't. That is on the volition of the person themselves. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. um, I forgot to ask you beforehand how much time you had. If I, I, I have nothing to do, but I, I wasn't sure how long you were going to okay. go for. 
Um, usually I go like roughly an hour or so, but with, with Jonathan mm-hmm. being here too, it, it could end up going longer, but um oh yeah yeah i i totally forgot you were gonna do that thing with jonathan after so well i want him to be able to talk to both of us too like it's not i don't want Mm -hmm. to move you off the stage or anything um so okay sorry one last thing on the whole rehabilitation thing um Mm -hmm. i just wonder what your thoughts would be if we say we invented a pill and you know there's someone who's murdered a couple people or whatever but we knew like without a doubt that giving him this pill would cause him to be never kill again like it would just change his brain to be a healthy human and we know he would never hurt someone again do you think Mm -hmm. we should still remove that person from society or is it okay now because they're rehabilitated I mean, if it works, it works. Right. I, I just want to know, does it does it do what it says it's going to? But if that existed and the person was willing to take it, I don't I don't see why it wouldn't work. Yeah. Well, and it gets into some tricky territory of like the families wanting revenge and like stuff like that. So obviously mm-hmm. it's not so easy, but um, I just think mm-hmm. that's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, um, do you have any other questions about anything I believe or think? Not that are coming to mind. Okay. Cool. I am gonna pull Jonathan up here. Then he he's Ooh. been jotting down a bunch of notes in the Discord. He's got a lot to talk about. These. Oh no. <laughs> I'll tell you what. These religious people can't let go of free will. That's for sure. Huh, Jonathan. <laughs> oh my. That's how you. That's how you're gonna introduce me as a religious people. Really, that's these religious people. These religious people. Am I no, wrong? Uh, no, I'm actually not religious, and I did not go to church this morning. Whoa! I'm just kidding. I actually did go to church, so that <laughs> therefore makes me religious. I'm guessing, right? No, I just don't know what to believe <laughs> at this point. What comes out of your mouth if it's gonna be a lie? <laughs> I don't lie. Nothing I've ever told you has been a lie. That's the truth. Hmm. <laughs> All but right. anyways, I've lied to Zach. I'll lie to Zach. I don't know Zach like that yet. That's okay. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm okay. Just kidding. Well, um, anyways, I know you no, have. I've, I've actually. No, I was just gonna say. Um, <laughs> I got back from Walmart. Right, we're not supposed to shop on Sunday, but guess what? Me and my wife needed food to eat, so we had to get food at the. Okay. What? Did we lose you? What? I think we lost you. Ah, sh- no, not not you, Zach. You're good. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't. Like, I hear myself. I see the green line. I think it's working just fine. Looks like Jonathan might have had a a Wi-Fi blip like you did earlier. I'm not saying anything, but the common denominator there is you. Hey, <laughs> there's only three of us. Like. I know, and both mine and Jonathan's Wi-Fi have gone out. That not seems too long like after we joined in. That seems like not enough data. Mm. All I'm saying is correlation does absolutely equal causation. Did you <laughs> not know that? Nice. Well, way to trick the people listening. Mm. Um. Okay. I don't know if Jonathan can hear me, but what I'm gonna do is kick you out and then try and rejoin. 
All right. Well, I'll just take this time to uh, shill a little bit, I guess. Um, next week, I'm going to be talking to a random person that I found on TikTok. This is why we do the TikToks, because I find people that come leave sassy arguments to me, and I invite them to come on the YouTube. But it should be pretty fun. I think he's a Christian, and um, I'm going to talk to him about the, the problem of evil, maybe a little bit of free will and whatnot. So, yeah, anyone out there listening, if you think that's interesting, come on by. Um, and then again... If you if you like these conversations, please join the Discord because it's an awesome place where you can link articles and all sorts of things. And I'd like to build a community of people that enjoy conversations like this. <clears throat> okay. Still nothing from Jeff the Juice. Jay the Juice. <laughs> Drop <laughs> yeah, that was gonna <laughs> done. <laughs> um oh okay, he's raising his hand. So I don't know what happened, it just booted me off. Oh well I'm glad you're back. I'm glad I'm back, dude. What the heck? Y'all can hear me though, right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, so anyways, right, if it Growing up, you make choices. That becomes your experience, right? And you make choices based off of that experience for the rest of your life. <clears throat> so my question to Keaton was, have you ever done something knowing that you shouldn't have done it? Or have you ever done something because you know you should have done it? Um, yes. I think that proves both determinism and free will, honestly. I think they're, they're mm. kind of... And I think... You you brought up a definition of another way to explain it, and I forgot what it was. I'm sorry. Compatibilism. But I compatibilism. I think they work together, dude. And this is honestly something that I'm feeling like I'm barely learning right now. Because if you look at poor neighborhoods, you were talking about um, just people doing bad things and getting locked up, right? Mm -hmm. Think about a lot of times the neighborhoods that those people are coming from. They have been generationally like that. Right. That same type of crime, that same type of violence, the same type of gangs. It's all happened. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Throughout the generations. So a lot of times, yes, that is going to determine a, most of how those people grow up to become. Right. And right. who those people become. But I think what proves the free will argument is you always have outliers, dude. And I'm not trying to make myself sound like I'm anybody special. But I come from a history and a family of all of that. Right. Uh, my father is currently in prison for life, dude, for killing somebody, bro. Damn, you know what I'm I saying? Did not know like, that. yes, yes, dude. And like, there's, there's more to it. My mom was on the run forever for warrants that she had had out of New Mexico, and that's why we moved so many places in Texas. Thankfully, now she's gotten it resolved. So, my, like, I can say my mother's name, right? Like, yeah, but. Bro, like we, I lived most of my life with my mom without my father, and we were on the run because she had too many warrants and she could never even use her own name, right? And with all that being said, bro, like I feel like somehow I've become a person that represents almost a complete paradigm shift of what my father would have wanted me to, you know, or not necessarily would have wanted me to become, but what I would have became if I would have stood present in that gang life in the town that we were from. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of my cousins and a lot of people that 
never left Clovis. They're still there and they're still stuck in that same mindset and they're going to jail and they're in and out of jail and shit's just always wrong for them. And again, like I, I still face shit. I still deal with problems. Again, I'm not like, yeah. you know, I'm not nobody better just because I feel like I've made it out of Clovis. But I feel like a lot of that has been because of my ability to make choices that I know were different than what were instilled or taught to me or or the environment that was around me didn't teach me how to become a successful, hardworking individual. I taught myself how to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? You you taught like, yourself I, with the biology that you were already given because you would agree you didn't the, choose your biology. Motivation. But like the motivation behind wanting it to change was kind of a force pushing free will for him to then do things that went against the grain. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, kind of, that underlying motivation yes. mm-hmm. pushed up his biological ability to go against. And I think that that's interacting there with free will to say, I have the ability to change this. I just need to like do it. Essentially. Yeah. Cause if everything was just determined off of my environment key and how it was raised and just all of that, I think I would have, I would still be like that. And I would still, and I wouldn't be the person that I am right now. And I wouldn't even be able to have these conversations. See, I don't, I, I don't think that's true because basically I would just push the can down the road even farther and be like, okay, well, where did that motivation come from then? Why did you specifically not your cousins, your everyone around you, right? Why, where did this, it arose somewhere in your biology, right? To be this person. But you say biology, but this is where I bring my spirit motivation, my spirit. Yeah. Like yeah. my, my, my religion, my, my God, you know, Jesus Christ. I feel like that's where I've, learned a lot of lessons of how not to be a bad person you know what i'm saying that's where i feel like most of for me personally like i think yes i am a good dude and from the beginning my mom said i never was a bad dude. you know what i'm saying like i was yeah. like i wasn't like I, she said i was you know i was a smart kid you know what i'm saying like she knew i was going to be different is what she said and um but so and i'm sure know. jonathan's not the only person in that situation who had the thought I should be doing something else. Like that's You're not sure. a unique thought to just Jonathan, but he, he, there was something else that allowed Jonathan to do it. Well, and that's what I was versus the people who didn't, who still right. might have had that wish or that want. And that's what I was actually going to ask too. Like with all those people, you, you know, back in the hood and whatnot, like, because if we all have this free will, why is it that it's so few outliers that is that are actually getting themselves out of the ghettos and like like you know cuz you see dude, you see rappers and stuff yeah true it's not easy yeah. but like easy. i just you, feel like, like yes you do have like pretty much everything working against you but it's the like and that kind of it pulls into like um uh the words not endurance but like the stamina to like keep doing it sure and then oh and okay personally i feel like i'm a resilient soul bro i think whatever inhabits this mortal body that i currently have is something that is resilient something that is strong and something that has been alive for a lot longer than just this mortal existence bro and i think that's something you know something else that's part of my lds perspective of the kind of salvation and stuff couple things um 
So with with the whole LDS thing, right? Mm-hmm. What caused you to stumble upon that belief? To even learn about it in the first place? Missionaries coming coming to the crib, bro. Missionaries coming to the crib. So had that not happened, <clears throat> do you think you would still have ended up as a Mormon? That's a very good question, bro. That is a very good question. And I mean, obviously you can say, uh, probably not, you know, like maybe not like, but that's the thing. It'll always be a, a maybe, you know, like, um, and it, but Paul, free no, will no, isn't being, being hold on, hold on. but being honest, but being honest to Keaton's question, if missionaries never came around and we never got the chance to hear about the church, I think I was always kind of brought up kind of with a Christian upbringing. Right. So I kind of always knew about Christ, but when the, LDS missionaries came around that's when I learned I feel like more about Christ than more okay. about you know the truth so anyways no I don't think I think it probably would have taken me longer but I think I was at a point where I was soul searching so maybe eventually but maybe maybe not what were you gonna say Zach but I also think the free will that's being exercised on Jonathan's behalf is deciding what to do when the missionaries show up the missionaries showing up have nothing to do with his free will. It's what he decides to do with it that led him to get there. Well, this is this is really fun because I think at the very least, all three of us have actually landed um, to to a point where, like, at least compatibilism is probably a thing. To which I mean, like, it's not strictly free will. It's not strictly determinist. It's kind of like a mix of the two. Is that mm-hmm. something? It that, is. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's fair to say. Because like, you're going to base your decisions off of your prior experience. But where you decide to go is still up to you at the end of the day. Well, and this uh, may trip you out, Jonathan. But, um, you know, it, it's really cool. I love just having like diverse amounts of opinion. You know, we got like a religious person. And then Zach's just like basically don't care, like agnostic type. <laughs> and I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, I'm an atheist, but it's cool. Like even religious people can be determinists. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Calvinism, but they literally <laughs> believe <laughs> that we are completely determined and we don't have free will. They're Christians that don't believe in free will. Um, they think yeah. God just set us out on this path. But what I was going to say, Jonathan, um, because you were saying you feel like you have this soul, a resilient soul with the free will, you know, the motivation that you get, right? So Mm -hmm. that, again, for me, just pushes the can farther down the road to say, yeah, but God designed your soul. And so now it's behaving in a determined way because he designed it that way. And that's something that I think that's if if God is the designer of your soul, that is true. But from just from Latter Day Saint perspective, matter is not created or destroyed, bro. It actually, I, and this is something that I appreciate. I we were something that had already existed, and we were given the ability to experience mortality. I don't know if that makes sense, but our souls weren't created 
by him. We were it, it, it. It's called an an intelligence. We were an intelligence before this existence. That's that's wild. That would be we're we're, we're gonna I have know. to get you on a on a solo run one of these days. I know, we'll I, and I'm sorry. That takes obviously that takes obviously a lot more explanation. But see, yeah, I was gonna say what, I even in my limited experience of Mormonism, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Just kind of like a floating consciousness beforehand. <laughs> well, it's weird to me because <laughs> would that mean that like God and us always existed together like there was never a time where we weren't there and it was just god like it's just always been us and god <clears throat> or it just it, eternity is a scary concept bro like how long like if if there was a big bang right which i'm not necessarily dis- disagreeing with because they can prove that there was some point of expansion right and we're obviously still gr- like the the universe is still expanding right but it's like how long i don't know like it's if if you fathom like eternity there's eternities before eternities and eternities after eternity you know what i'm yeah, saying like there was like, always I'm, something there before the big bang for the exactly. things to run into each other to create it like there was something there before right so it's possibly that some form of consciousness has experienced existence previous to our mortal experience on this earth if the big bang did happen and like you know shit happened eons and billions and trillions of years ago then who's to say that there wasn't something or some life form that naturally just was created like on an earth or on some type of planet or something you know what i'm saying like what i I don't know it's kind of arrogant to say that we're the first but who's to say that there is something though is the i mean you can ask it either way true you can Mm -hmm. ask it either way but just seeing how grand the universe and you know what I'm saying? Things are, and I just feel like there has to be more life. I definitely, oh, and so I can actually agree with that as far as even like extraterrestrials or whatever. Like, I think the universe is so vast that there has to be other types of life out there somewhere. Obviously, no not something we can for sure verify, but you know, I've even had thoughts of extra dimensional beings or whatever, and still, damn, still true. I don't think even if there's dimensions and hell and heaven and all that stuff, like I still don't think there needs to be a God because if you look at like uh Buddhists, for example, they don't believe in a God, but they believe in a universal force that sends us to different levels and realms and whatnot, but it's just always existed. It's not like this intelligent conscious being. It's just always been there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, dude, there's probably a, a lot of truth in that. And there's probably a lot of truth in, if you look at it, just every society or, or like all across the globe, these nations or these countries have developed their religions and their stories based off of, you know, just things that have happened in their region. Right. So that could there could be, be a lot of truth in that. Right. But then you, if you're willing to look into Buddhism and saying that there might be truth in that, there may also be other truths found in other religions as well. And it may be all of them and pieces of them that show us the full picture of what, you know, we're, sure. we're trying to find out who we are and what existence is. And, 
You know what I'm saying? And and yeah. these conversations are amazing, dude, because without sure. them, we're never going to continue to grow as a society. And we're always going to be held to our archaic tribal yeah, dude. standards. A- you know what I'm amen saying? to that. That's like, that's why I started doing this. Like, I absolutely agree that this is important to, for everyone to just be open and um sorry to cut you off a little bit i just we're getting pretty off track of like free will and everything and no you're good i think it would be awesome to like i said have you on again and we'll go we'll go deep into religious thought um but i think you had some more notes here so you said neurogenesis was there yeah yeah there you know just with studying into psychedelics and especially that like um psilocybin it's been proven to help create new neural pathways and stuff like that yeah right so i think i don't know like even for people that are maybe stuck in these mindsets or or if you i don't know a lot of people experience ptsd it's because of you know obviously traumatic experiences have happened and they're you know, poor them, like they have to live their life based off of that. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's now possible with psychedelics that you may be able to help form new pathways in your brain to help you cope sure. and, and maybe not experience pain in the ways that you have previously experienced it. You know, like, I just feel like there's more hope for people who do feel like they are stuck, you yeah. know, like they're, you know, like th- there's there's ways to reach out there's you know and for sure and i would argue that that's actually it's not even a new thing that's been something for centuries that humans have like they've had medicine men and like that was like a normal thing the west came along and villainized that type of medicine and basically called it evil and you know, same yeah. with marijuana, all that shit. Probably because marijuana makes you think a little bit, like out the box, <laughs> free thought. Yeah, not be yeah. such a conformist. But, but yeah, I agree. Those type of, in fact, um, I'll have to let you know what it is. I have a buddy who's a veteran, and I'm gonna have him come on and talk to me because he is like basically on the road to shamanism. And he goes and does like ayahuasca ceremonies, DMT ceremonies, all this type of stuff. And it has helped him immensely with like his PTSD and, and, uh, his spirituality too. Like he, he definitely believes there's a spirit, spiritual element to it all. Mm -hmm. That's cool, dude. And I'm glad for him, man. That's awesome. Um, Dak, you still there? Yep. You have any anything to uh, not not that I can think of. Alright. Well, I agree, Jonathan, that there are there are things to help you uh change your brain state. And it's just to me, the brain is just like another muscle that you have to work out and you have to you have to put that work in yourself. Um to to change it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. definitely (coughs) well and you have the free will to change it oh cheap shot i was waiting for it (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to think of a way i could throw a shot in there but Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's been it's been awesome. I really enjoyed the conversation, mm-hmm. Zach and Jonathan. Yeah, this was super fun. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad I was able to get back on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm glad you guys showed up. Um, real quick for you, Zach. Um, Jonathan, I'm just going to kick you back off. Sounds oh, good. no sets here? Hold yeah, on. no sets here. Okay. I, I invited no set in. If, if you don't mind, Zach, I want to see if he heard anything and if he has any questions for us. Mm-hmm. He might. What's up, man? Oh, we are muted here. You're muted on your end. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. What's up? Hey, how's it going? It's been a while. Yeah, dude. How you been? Doing good. How, how about you? Pretty good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, did you get the chance to listen to the convo at all? Dude, I just literally got home oh. in about ten minutes ago, but I'm gonna rewatch the the whole thing. Okay, cool. Well, um, I guess I'll just let you give me give me a challenge or a question then, because I'm pretty much like a determinist, and I don't believe in like free will, and I'm sure that contradicts your beliefs. So, me? Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> caught me off guard. Okay. Yeah, and you don't have to. I just, you know, I like giving people the chance to come on here and chat. No, you know what? I'll save it for next time. I'll, I'll All right. find a really good one, and next time I'll hop on. All right, cool, man. Sounds good. Well, it's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too, man. All right, take it easy. All right, too. So, uh, Zach, I like to. I like my mm-hmm. guests to suggest like a book that they really changed their life. A book or if you don't uh, read a podcast ooh, or something. Actually, um, the one I'd recommend, it's called um, The Red Velvet. It is specifically a book to like gay men. Mm. Uh, however, it is very much like a look at how... Uh, like your personal history and how kind of the shared experience kind of creates a like kind of a common trend within the gay community of how they act and how they kind of the things and looking at how to go about changing it. Oh, cool. That sounds very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. You said the red velvet. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the author. Okay. It is. It it feels like a lot of daddy issues, but there are there are points where it's like, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, never uh, thought about things that way. Well, and it's it's nonfiction, right? It's like a look at, or is it like a fictional yeah, it's story? A, it's a therapist who like combined a bunch of experiences from patients he had along the years. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for the suggestion. Is there anything you don't have to if you don't want to? But if if you want me to put like a link to your TikTok or anything at all. Um, I'll put it in the YouTube. I'm good. <laughs> you don't you. want people to see you, do you? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to have you find me anywhere. I already Here found you on TikTok. Yep, and that's what we're gonna. And that's how we're gonna keep. Oh, it. I haven't found your secret account. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Mm, sure, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm gonna go digging now. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, okay. thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. This was a blast. Yeah.